Hey, we finally have happy hockey to talk about on this happy Friday. Nashville Predators beat the Calgary Flames 4-1. to We'll talk about what finally, finally went right for the Nashville Predators last night and how much has your optimism changed since last night's one win. We'll talk about today on the Locked on Predators podcast. Locked On Predators, your daily podcast on the Nashville Predators, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you for making Locked On Predators your first listen of the day. Every single day, we are your free Nashville Predators podcast available daily on all platforms and on YouTube. I'm Nick Morgan. I'm a writer and editor at onthefourcheck.com and I have a partner in crime. You do. I am Ann Kimmel. I'm a writer and editor at insidethepreds.com. Before we dive too deep into this, today's show brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet online where the game starts. And Anne, if I was a betting man, I don't think I would have put money on how last night's Preds Flames game wound up working out. It was one of those games. I was watching it with my husband, of course. He was sitting quietly as he has learned to do watching hockey with me. But yeah. we got to the third period and the Predators were up 3 nothing, And then... Calgary scored and it was 3-1 in the third period and I literally was like oh my gosh I know how this one goes like I've seen this I've seen this movie before I know how this ends and he kept saying you just got to calm down you just calm down they got this like they're playing so well calm down so this was a game where as a Predators fan you literally couldn't quite believe it and you just I mean I, I was holding my breath until the final buzzer because I thought like I just did not go into this game thinking it would go this way. And I'm just not going to bet on it ending the way I want until I hear that final buzzer. It was like the horn of Gabriel calling me home. Yeah. If there's any words that can get a woman to calm down, it's a man telling him to calm down. I'm sure that would instantly make anybody calm down. <laughs> I'm not saying we didn't have a talk about it when the game was over. <laughs> Like, look, here's, you know, don't tell me to calm down and don't talk to me about Matt Duchesne. <laughs> <laughs> We're now up to two things. Uh, two things. <laughs> now up to two relationships. Yeah. The next one is going to be like if he like says stop buying built bars or something like that. Oh, he would know better. He would know better because he doesn't want to feed the hungry 18 year old that scarfs them down. So that yeah. that sentence actually won't that won't come out here. OK, good. And I was going to say that's where the divorce papers come into play. It gets real. All right. So as Ann mentioned, last night was a big win for the Nashville mm -hmm. Predators. It got started at the end of the first period when the guy whose success will single-handedly determine the direction of this season for the Nashville Predators, Mark Jankowski, gets Yay. off the sheet his first game as a Nashville Predators, first regular season game, his first goal in the NHL, 
since January 18th last year. Preds added two in the second period, one from Philip Forsberg, one from Roman Yossi on the power play. As I had mentioned, it got a little hairy in the third period. Blake Coleman scored two minutes in to make it a 3-1 Flames game. And the Flames serve 3-1 Preds lead, but Flames get the lead back. And the Flames certainly uh, put a lot of pressure on Kevin Lankinen, who was in net last night. Preds' defense did all they could to kind of stymie the chances. Lankinen was great. And then finally, uh, with just under 15 seconds left, Matt Duchesne puts the puck in the empty. Come on. Ice the 4-1 Predators win. And what is your one word to describe last night's wild win? So I I know for sure that probably this one word is going to date me. And I don't know if you're even going to get this. You might. Um, okay. There was there was a jingle years and years ago, like back when I was way younger than I am now, and it was for Rolades, which is like you know Rolades, right? It's like Tums. Yeah. Is it even? St- it's still a product, right? Please it's, tell me. I, it's st- I assume. Yeah. I assume. And so the, Wor- the com- like the Worthers of uh, like, <laughs> like antacid. Oh. Yes, it is the Worthers of Antacid, my friends. And their old commercial, they would say, well, how do you spell relief? And the person would sing R-O-L-A-I-D-S. They would sing Rolades. And I am telling you, last night, you know, as that buzzer sounded, as I realized, A, the Nashville Predators got a win. B, the Nashville Predators got a win in which they played really well for 60 minutes and see a win over the Calgary Flames. So it means a little bit more. I was thinking in my mind, R-O-L-A-I-D-S. That is how I spell relief. That game last night, so much relief. And it also just as a side note works because it helps with that whole hockey gastrointestinal thing that's (laughs) been going around Nashville like I get that like stomach flu and streptococcus and all that spreads, yeah. but so does hockey gastrointestinal problems. Yeah. We needed that win last night, y'all. It was a relief to see the team play as well as they did and to get a win and to get a win over Calgary. For me, huge night. You heard it from Ann, folks. If you are experiencing uh, severe health issues this season, you do not <laughs> need to go to the doctor or to take any sort of COVID test of any kind, just turn off Tennessee sports and you will be uh, cured, my friends. Yeah. Go out yeah. in public. I, I, I guess you should maybe start after uh, Saturday during that whole Tennessee-Georgia thing. Yes. Let's see how that game goes before we like really take the advice of somebody who was a Christian education and theater major 25 years ago in college. <laughs> oh, well, I mean, the Christian part. Yeah, you got, you got God on your side. I got God on my side, but yeah. yes. So it was, I'm telling you that game last night was such a relief. Even honestly, the the relief started after that first period, mm-hmm. because I think where the predators have been, you're like, wow, mm-hmm. you know what? If nothing else happens, they put together 20 minutes of really good hockey, you know? And then the, the second period, you know, second intermission, they went into the locker room up three, nothing. You think, you know what? We know that they're not great in the third period, but they sure can do good in the first and second period. So it was like you take every little ounce of reassurance <laughs> last night you could get. So a win, huge. Yeah. Way to go, Nashville, 4-1. Yeah. My one word, uh, channeling something I'm sure you know very well. My one word is mom. Because Aww. do you remember those days where 
you would your kids would absolutely cross the line and like they would absolutely cross the line and you would absolutely go volcano mode on them you Mm -hmm. would chew them out they would like be scared to the point of like kind of tears yeah they run to their rooms and then what happens uh as soon as they come out of their rooms or the next couple days they are extra nice to mom (laughs) they are they're following instructions. They're doing all their chores without even having to be asked. They're getting all their schoolwork done. They are they are model citizens. Mm-hmm. They are model citizens. But it wasn't it. They may not have been if it wasn't for mom bringing the hammer down on them. That's true. I feel like somebody in that Fred's locker room, somebody who is very very bald, was the mom of the Nashville Predators after that Edmonton Oilers game. Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like somebody had to have brought that hammer down. Maybe it was just a, the win it's or the loss itself in Edmonton was that what brought that mom volcano yelling at all the Nashville predators saying, you can't do this. Like there's people going to be fired and it's going to be all your fault. Like go to your room, Roman Yossi. Go to your <laughs> some news that has like uh, Toblerone posters on it or something. <laughs> like in but and so the predators come out. They it, sneak out of their room, their little like Alberta hotel rooms. They go to the rink in Calgary and they become model citizens. It is very hard to go through this game and find something the Preds really didn't do all too well. Mm-hmm. They were on their P's and Q's. They were getting all of the the little things that they need to get done during hockey games in order to be successful. They were getting that done. They were capitalizing on their chances. The big guns actually played like big guns. So there is just you go through and it's like, huh, okay. So it just took one absolute beating to maybe get this Predators team (laughs) back to where they needed to be to be a successful, sustainable hockey team. Here's what I think. And just as the, you know, as somebody who follows hockey and as somebody who has been a mom, I think John Hines walked into the locker room after that last loss. I don't think he said anything super loud. I don't think he yelled. I don't think, I literally think he looked at them with that mom look and then he whispered real quietly because my boys were together the other night and they said, you know what, we knew it was going to get real when mom didn't yell when mom just real (laughs) quietly talked like this and didn't move her mouth (laughs) that's what and i'm like that's john hines he went in and he had the mom look and he just said y'all go home and you think about what you've done (laughs) john hines wasn't mad he was just disappointed (laughs) we that needs to be a t-shirt that needs to be a t-shirt that is the state of the national <laughs> predators. Uh, there's a couple other big points from this game I want to highlight. Uh, we had some roster shakeup before the game, uh, as we hinted yesterday, there would be. So let's dive into that in a second. We'll do that uh, right after this. We have our sponsors to shout out, and our first one is betonline.net. Betonline.net, your number one source for betting all the big college football games this weekend. As we mentioned earlier, Georgia taking on Tennessee. That is the big daddy, the big gun this weekend. Of course, we also have Alabama, LSU, but hey, who cares about that one? Um, 
And as always, if you want to put some money down on any of those games, Bet Online is your continued source for all of your sports wagering information. Everything from live betting to up to the minute scores, lines, odds, props, all that good stuff. And you can also find the latest player developments, team matchups, news, podcasts, and in depth analysis on every single game this weekend. And it's not just football either. It's hockey, it's the start of the NBA season, it's NFL, MMA, boxing, golf, and of course this year's World Series. So there's something for every type of fan out there. So head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. Bet online where the game starts. All right, Ann. So we're talking about the Preds 4-1 win over the Calgary Flames. Uh, of course, the big story going into the game uh, mm-hmm. was a little bit of a roster shakeup. We talked on yesterday's show, Kiefer Sherwood uh, being sent down. We kind of speculated on uh, who the Preds would bring up. Wound up being Mark Jankowski, one of the guys we talked about, was having a really good start uh, for the Milwaukee Admirals. Uh, first off, Ann, just your thoughts on Jankowski being the one that came up over maybe some of the more, I guess, popular wishing mm-hmm. uh, picks among the fan base like Phil Tomasino or Yuso Parsonen. I wasn't very surprised. I really think this made the most sense for a couple of reasons. Number one, uh, Jankowski very good offensively, very hot leading scorer in Milwaukee early in the season. So he really hit the ground running. He had a great training camp with the Nashville Predators too. So he just kind of was showing that he was continuing to play at a high level. Uh, I don't think that it was going to be Phil Tomasino. And and we kind of touched on this yesterday. I don't think that that's the role that they're necessarily looking to fill right now. And we'll dive into that maybe another, a little later, another time. But so I wasn't surprised it wasn't Phil Tomasino at all. I know a lot of people were hoping it was going to be. I was not at all surprised, didn't expect that it would be Tomasino. And I think Yuso Parsonen would be one who I think would be a really great call up. And I expect we're going to see him at some point because he has a very good, well-rounded game where he's offensively productive. He's very creative in playmaking, but he's also very physical. I just think Mark Jankowski kind of has that same sort of well-rounded game as Parsonen does, but he's just got more experience. He's got over 270-some NHL games and just is kind of the hot hand in Milwaukee. So not super surprised that it was John uh, Junkowski. And look, you know, he showed up and did exactly what the Nashville Predators wanted somebody to come in and do from Milwaukee. So I think they have to feel really good with this. And I would be surprised if the Predators don't, continue this same roster on Saturday against the Canucks personally. Oh, they are going all in on this roster for at least a, for at least a, <laughs> for at least a whole nother game. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't the the surprise about Jankowski mm-hmm. being called up. Uh, not only that, but I feel like he also kind of fits the Preds identity and he's got some NHL experience. So it's not like this was just a, you know, a nothing call up. Uh, I also, you know, think maybe the fact that the Preds were playing the flames, ties into that a little bit because of course he was a first round pick of the flames uh played several seasons before uh with them before uh getting uh not brought back let's should mm-hmm. say um and you know for his credit he killed it like he, he absolutely killed, killed it last it. Night. uh that bottom line uh with him and uh i believe it was cole smith for for and, most yep. of it, and michael mccarron yes uh, that was a very good line. I mean, that line very good. was 
definitely firing on all cylinders last night. Yeah, I uh, tweeted about that because I'm telling you, they came out and really from puck drop on through that fourth line had an excellent game and they came out very early on. One of their first few shifts came out and won the board battle for checking game. Got some really great shots on net. God bless Cole Smith. God bless God bless Cole Smith. He just has not been able to find the back of the net yet, but it's coming, buddy. Just hang in there. It's coming. But I tweeted out afterward, what a great, you know, that was a great shift by the fourth line. And of course, somebody has to come back and go, yeah, well, let's see what they do the rest of the game. And about two shifts later, <laughs> Jankowski, <laughs> you know, the end of the period, there's Jankowski scoring on a play. Uh, and I think that it was Michael McCarron, and I would have to go back and look at the replay. Just a fantastic win at the boards. Great pass. And there you have Mark Jankowski. Like, keep it simple, folks. He's literally streaking down the slot to the net and is there for the pass or there for the rebound. Like, this, that's exactly what the kind of hockey that you want to see your fourth line play. So, fourth line was really good. And for all of the people that, speak the name Michael McCarron with disdain. Look, I know he's maybe more of a two-dimensional hockey player, but if all you need from him are those two dimensions, Michael McCarron had a great game last night. Yeah, I mean, he's the he's a fourth liner. He's not like your star center. You know, you yeah. need Michael McCarron to do exactly what Michael McCarron's been doing. And he yes. did that, and, and good for the Predators. The other uh, interesting thing I thought last night was Zach Sanford moving up to that second line yeah. uh, because remember we talked about this when he was with the St. Louis blues, he was kind of in that second, third line tier of players had a very good uh, Stanley cup playoffs a year. They won, uh, had a career year the next year, which was the, the COVID shortened year, but can never really kind of regain his form mm -hmm. after that. So that sort of ability to jump up and play alongside more skilled players is there for Zach Sanford. Um, and, you know, you didn't get on the score sheet, but it, it felt like that line, uh, him, Nina Ryder and Johansson, you know, it felt like they were buzzing. Like it felt like they had some good chances early on. They couldn't convert. Um, but it's, it, it was very interesting to see Sanford kind of in that role. And it makes me think like maybe, that's kind of, you know, we, we've seen Cole Smith up there too. So, mm -hmm. and Yakov trying. And so maybe that that's kind of the vibe John Hines wants for a second line. Maybe somebody a little bit more physical, like maybe mm -hmm. somebody a little bit more that can clear the puck, kind of fight for pucks. And then all of a sudden you have uh, Johansson and Niederreiter as kind of your setup skill guys. I don't yeah. hate it. Like, I certainly don't hate it. Maybe not what I would do with it, but I certainly see what John Hines is going with. And at least, you know, for last night, we'll see how long this sticks. But for, at least for last night, I feel like it worked. It, you know what? It was not. It was not a bad thing to try. And and I think everybody's frustrated by the try. I think everybody's like, okay, nail these lines down. Let's get some chemistry going. And and that may be a line that you see still together on Saturday. I would love to see that those three still together on Saturday to see what can develop because you know, like you said, they didn't necessarily get on the score sheet. I think Johansson had an assist, but I think it was on the empty net goal. So, but the three of them didn't, you know, score anything, but that's a, you know, that's a, a line that definitely has a very clear identity as well. So I'd be interested to see if Heinz leaves them together and gives that line another shot, because I think what they had last night 
you know, even just regardless of the score, the lines worked pretty well last night. It didn't look like a game where Heinz needed to shift some people up and shift some people down and and needed to make a lot of adjustments, you know, for the next game because they kind of were firing really well. So I thought, you know, I thought overall that was a, it was a good look. It was a good look. Yeah, good credit look. to your point. I'm looking at the time on ice and Mm-hmm. Uh, and look, Philip Forsberg, 15 minutes last night. Colton Sissons, 14. Zach Sanford, 14. Trennan, 15. Uh, Niederreiter, 15. Cole Smith, 13. And uh, Granlin, 16. And, and it's like, yeah, I look at these four time on ice. It was a balanced attack. Yes. Like we talked about John Hines, you know, one of the things we would love to see him do is maybe just take the numbers off of the lines and just put groups of people on depending on how they're playing and what the situation is. And it seems like he did that. This was a really a situation last night in which John Hines really trusted any of his top lines to go out there in any situation and make plays. Yeah, and I wonder, too, because, you know, that top line really has not been performing like we saw them perform last season. It's kind of been a struggle getting them into the regular season, getting them on the scoreboard, getting them going. And this kind of takes some of that pressure off, which may benefit them. I mean, again, Philip Forsberg, goal and an assist last night, and Duchesne had an empty net goal. So, you know, they showed up better. But I like the idea of, like, let's give a balanced attack. You know, I I think I think they're on the right track. There was a really interesting move on defense that I want to touch on real quick. Um, but first, do want to mention that today's episode is also brought to you by our great friends at Simply Safe. Did you know we're coming into the holiday season and this time of year, property crimes, burglaries and things like porch pirates, those thefts spike nationally this time of year. So that's why our friends at Simply Safe Home Security are offering their 50% off award-winning security system deal right now. More families need to feel safe during this holiday season and you can order your Simply Safe system for half off today and enjoy advanced security and greater peace of mind this holiday season. Simply Safe was named the best home security system of 2022 by US News and World Report. That's the third year in a row for them. Here's why. In an emergency, 24/7 professional monitoring agents use Fast Protect technology exclusively from Simply Safe, and they capture critical evidence to verify that a threat is real so you get priority police response. Simply Safe is whole home security with advanced sensors in every room, every window, every door. You have HD security cameras for inside and out. You have smarter ways to detect motion that alert you only when a threat is real. And they even have hazard sensors that detect things like fires, floods, and other threats to your home. They have 24-7 professional monitoring service, and it costs less than a dollar a day. That's less than half the price of ADT's traditional professionally installed system. With the top-rated Simply Safe app, you can stay in complete control of your system anytime anywhere. You can arm or disarm. You can unlock for a guest. You can access your cameras. You can just adjust your security settings all from your phone. So don't miss your chance to save big on the best security system available. You get 50% off any new Simply Safe system at simplysafe.com slash locked on today. This is their biggest discount of the year, so you do not want to wait. Go to simplysafe.com slash locked on NHL. There is no safe like Simply Safe. 
All right, Ann. Uh, you mentioned it kind of before the break when we were talking about roster changes. Uh, Dante Fabro, healthy scratch last night's game. Jordan Gross comes in uh, and gets an opportunity to play. Not only does he get an opportunity to play, he gets an opportunity to play uh, a lot with Roman Yossi. So, yeah. yeah, that was fun. I will say of all of the moments you know those little like scooby-doo kind of turn your head and go moments uh when i saw gross with yossi that was my biggest one out of out of all of kind of the roster shifting and moving that happened pre-game but you know what did not stand out and you put somebody with roman yossi and that's a very different defensive role if you're paired with roman yossi that's not just playing with anybody and jordan gross absolutely went with it there was no looking like he was paired with someone new it, there was no looking like oh gosh i'm trying to read what's yossi going to do next really played well and you know after the game roman yossi was asked about gross and he said look that's his first game up and he was really good you know yeah. yossi had great things to say about his performance that he enjoyed playing with him that he felt like he did a great job so Great job for Jordan Gross. Uh, this is somebody who I think last year was like the AHL Defender of the Year. So AHL Defender of the yeah, Year. You know, how fortunate for the Predators that, that you know, they have that kind of, um, that you know, that kind of talent to draw from. Interesting that he was brought up and Fabra was healthy scratched, I thought. Mm -hmm. and, and again, like you said, I yeah. thought very interesting that the person you're going to play him with is Roman Yossi. Like, you well, go, girl. Let, let's talk about that. Um, like, let's let's talk about the Dante Fabro part yeah. of this because that was a, you know, you look at Dante Fabro's past few games and the ice time. He's just, you know, not getting a lot of minutes over the past little bit. Um, and, and I've gone through some of the games and it's just I struggled to find anywhere where he's just, you know, bad, like where he's right. just making like, bad plays. Um, but I don't know. Maybe this is just him not having the impact John Hines has thought this year. Yeah. I, I, I'm going to be honest with you. Like that was not one I saw coming. Didn't yeah. see that one coming. Like, you know, I thought maybe it would be Jeremy Lazan would sit out and, and gross would hop in with McDonough, but they just went, went right to Roman Yossi. And again, that's a very unique role. They did play together some, I will say in the preseason, um, and I can't remember if it was a preseason game or if I saw them together a couple times in the inner squad in training camp. But I remember being very impressed with Gross and how he played. So, you know, great to see him in the lineup, not where I expected him to be. But again, it's one of those things where you like nothing about it. Nothing about it stood out in a, in a bad way. And he was able to play at kind of that unique style and pace with Roman Yossi. So, you know, we may see that again. Yeah. Uh, one other guy we haven't exactly uh, shouted out yet, which is weird because he was maybe the MVP of the game last yes. night, uh, was Kevin Lincoln and gets in Come there. On. You know, UC Saros having a little bit of a rough stretch. Lincoln comes in as a backup. And kills it. I think it's important, and that it's uh, it's it's important to note that he got better as the game went on as well. In some of those, you know, first period chances, you saw kind of a lot of you know 
pucks off the chest, couldn't control it, second chance kind of pucks. Um, and then kind of as the game went on, as we got into the second and the third period, it was a lot more shorthanded saves, like mm-hmm. a lot more, you know, catch it in the glove and done. Um, you know, if there is a rebound, it's deflected just out wide. Not yes. a lot of second chance opportunities or juicy rebounds. Uh, and, you know, for all the talk about, you know, Kevin Lankinen, when you have Connor Ingram right there, there's a lot of people maybe skeptical just based on what Lankinen did with the Blackhawks last year. But mm-hmm. uh, this is this is the type of game you want from your backup and then some. Yes. Like Kevin Langan kind of exceeded what you would want from your backup, but to go out here and get a big win, uh, that's, that's not, shouldn't be lost on how important that was for the Preds. It was huge for the Predators. And, and, you know, one thing that Chris Mason pointed out on the broadcast and that I think is really valid about his performance last night in that first period, Nashville outshot uh, Calgary by a significant amount. And so he really, didn't see a lot of consistent work in that first period. And then you kind of fast forward to the third period and Calgary came out and you knew that they were down three, nothing at the start of the period and then got, you know, back into the game a little bit at three, one and Calgary really pushed and pushed and pushed. And first of all, it was great that Nashville handled it as well as they did in front of Lankanen. But Lankanen definitely had an increased workload in that third period and did not look flustered at all, did not look like it was any sort of pressure that he couldn't handle. Phenomenal game from Kevin Lankanen. And honestly, such a sigh of relief for Nashville. And again, want to say how much you and I personally love David Riddick. Like, we just love David Riddick. Um, But it wasn't a situation where you could confidently start your backup necessarily last season, especially against a team like Calgary. Especially in this situation. In this situation as well. You know, like when I saw, again, kind of saw this come out and I was like, Lankanen, you know, willingness to start Lankanen says something about how John Hines feels about this backup goaltender. And what a great performance uh, by Kevin Lankanen, you know, just phenomenal performance in net all the way, all the way uh, across the board and a relief for Nashville for far more than just 60 minutes <laughs> looking yeah. ahead. This is a relief because now we can say, look, you see Saros, we may not need you for 69 games this year. Let's talk about moving forward because mm-hmm. this is just one win. Like it's one oh, good game. And, don't you know, steal my joy. <laughs> like, well, I mean, we said after St. Louis, we're like, Hey, this is, this is the game. They finally got back on track. Yeah, so yeah. with that in mind, you know, and mm-hmm. do you look at it as, okay, this is just one game. Let's see how we go moving forward. Or do you look at this as, okay, there was some things that we had been doing well that's finally paying off. And maybe this is a sustainable thing. Yeah. I think of this, and this is probably a horrific analogy, but just I need you to follow me through it because there's a point Love where this this is going. Let's go. (laughs) Buckle up. So this season, and especially games like St. Louis and the games like this, remind me a little bit of a colonoscopy prep. In the sense that... Today's Locked on Predators, everybody. (laughs) Thank you for all that. I know. But if you think about this, like, you know, it's the right thing to do. You know, it's good for you. You drink the awful stuff and the process begins. And at some point in the clean out process you have this moment of surely this is it 
surely we're good to go and we can move forward with what we need to do. And St. Louis was a false alarm. Like there was more to come. We, you know, the system was not cleaned out, my friends. Hopefully Calgary is, but I think what's, (laughs) Nick is not okay with this. No, no, keep going. But I think we're going to know we're, we're ready to move forward. And this is kind of a, a page turn. We're ready for the scope. We're ready to, you know, get this all over with. I think it helps that the game on Saturday is Vancouver because if the Predators can play close to as well as they played against Calgary, they should be able to get a win and and start logging some wins Tuesday. Then they have the Seattle Kraken. Now the Seattle Kraken ain't nothing. So let's be careful getting too overconfident. But I really do hope, I so desperately hope that we're almost done with the cleanse. I, I don't know where to. Couldn't to have said it better yourself, could you, Nick? Uh, I probably could have said it in a less disturbing way for a Friday morning, but. It's a great analogy and it works. I didn't say it wasn't a great analogy. I'm just saying it's like, I have to make breakfast after this. I would, I would give it some time. Okay. Well, I'm hungry now, but whatever. Look, you know, (laughs) here's, here's the takeaway because we're, we're running a little short on time. So to wrap this up, um, it's I think it's just a wait and see kind of thing. And the Preds have a long stretch of road trip left, but it does seem like up until that last game, uh, who was against a certain defending Stanley Cup champion, uh, you know, we've we've played, I think, the the toughest two game stretch of the road trip thus mm-hmm. far. You know, Vancouver is struggling, although they've seemed to have gotten back on track over the past couple of games. You know, Seattle is good, but they certainly have some question marks. And then that, you know, that Colorado game, they're going to be coming back from Finland. So let's not, you know, rule that out of the realm of possibility that they may be not 100% ready for that game either. So, you know, I, I do think at least it, it, at the very least, and I would say this Predators winning last night at least puts them on a track where you can maybe look at this as a successful road trip. Uh, Mm -hmm. If you can win what, you know, four out of six, however many games is left in this, I would say that's pretty successful. If you beat who you're supposed to beat and maybe there's like one slip up there, maybe you fight really hard against Colorado or come up short, or maybe you beat Colorado and just lose to a team like Seattle in a tough game. I think you can overall say, you know what, this road trip was a win. We did what we needed to do. And now we can go back to Nashville and kind of have a little bit more confidence and get this back on the right track. Yes, I would agree with you. I think the win last night, as great as it is, I know that it's just one win, but it does set the Predators up for the possibility of a successful West Coast road trip. And and like you said, can't overestimate the importance of the confidence that would be for this team. Minus the colonoscopies. Look, if you're 45 or above, you should be getting your colonoscopy. We're we're ending this. <laughs> Wrap it up. <laughs> we're wrapping this up. Uh, yeah, locked on predators, folks. If you're listening on it, uh, any audio platforms, Spotify, Apple, all that good stuff, 
Be sure to uh, drop us a rating. Give us a five-star review if you really like us. If you're watching this on YouTube, be sure to subscribe and hit the bell notification. That way you will be the first to know when we have a new episode hot and ready for you. And where can the people find your work? You can find my work at insidethepreds.com. And you can find me on Twitter at ANK underscore Mama on Ice. I'm Nick Morgan. You can find me at onthefourcheck.com. Follow me on Twitter at underscore NS Morgan. And while you're there, be sure to follow the show on Twitter as well, LO underscore Predators. That's going to do it for us on today's Locked on Predators podcast. Thank you, as always, for making us your first listen of the day. We'll be back on Monday with plus minus in Preds recap from this weekend. See you then.